<laughs> I'm about to fuck it up. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, see. Season one all over again, yo. Yeah. <sighs> but it's all love. If it ain't no money involved, you know what I'm saying? It's a big difference between the fun part and the funds part. It ain't no fun if I ain't got no, you know, no money. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's initially what, what, what it stands for. Season three. Welcome back, family. This is another season of your mom's favorite podcast, Good For You. I am one of your pilots for this season. Uh, I go by the name Tone, if you don't know me. I'm always flanked by my co-pilot, the dapper and wonderful chap. What's going on, brother? Mr. Flank Steak. What's Mr. good? <laughs> Chilling, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm in uh, 405 South Traffic right now. Uh uh, cruising, but I'm so happy to be back. I'm so happy we made it to season three, and I'm honored that you know our boy could join us for this uh, kickoff episode. So yeah, man, we're gonna try to switch it up a little bit this season. Uh, normally, it's me and Chap going back and forth, but what we've always tried to do, or what we've always wanted to do, is incorporate our peoples, man. And actually, just a little peek behind the scenes, this kind of journey started um with our homeboy that we've mentioned many times on this podcast and now we finally have an opportunity to have him on uh we want to welcome everybody to our homeboy c what's going on c i'm chilling man appreciate the invitation on here yeah man glad that you were able to come on on the show glad to have you uh, so this is going to be an experiment for all of us. Normally, it's me and chat going back and forth. But now that we got C on here, uh, we're going to figure out and see how it goes. And I think with him on this episode, we decided that we would jump right into a topic that is kind of near and dear to our hearts, really focused on music, because all three of us have either memories together, memories individually with each other, uh, all woven through soundtracks in our lives. And and we figured, you know, for our first episode, not only to have C on, but also to have a guest on, we would focus on something that all of us are super interested in. So, Chap, I'm going to kind of throw it to you, man, because you were the kind of one that uh, brainstormed this idea. So, so lead us into it. Well, we were working, as we were doing pre-production, we were working through all of the episodes for this upcoming season. And we did mention that we wanted to have more guests. We've been planning to have C on since season one, since day one. So it's awesome that we could finally get him in the booth on the podcast. We had an idea that we were working on together. And then middle of the night, just can't sleep, being crazy. I thought about music and how we all have our different kind of music tastes, similar music tastes. And there's been times where we've, express like who we were really digging and fans of music and we all have like our, our memories as tone said is interwoven because we grew up together you know we're talking about uh damn near 30 years mm-hmm. uh, if not more and so a lot of it's interwoven like we remember bonding over certain artists certain albums certain songs but there's been times there's been some misses 
there's been times where one of us at any given point would be ahead of the curve and try to put the others onto a certain artist and got the side eye, got clowned, got ignored, only to come back around maybe months to years later and being like, wow, I really rock with that artist and their music. So that's the theme of today's show is we're going to talk about different artists that we felt like we were ahead of the curve on, specifically within our crew, um, and kind of expound on, I guess, our initial feelings when we first heard their music and it was brought to the table versus when the light bulb went off and we eventually were like, yo, this is my shit too. Well, I'm going to go a little left and just pin put a pin right here now and we're going to see episodes later how this goes. Brandon been nagging cast about Larry June and I have not listened yet. <laughs> and he and not he not do either. it and he and he do it subtly, right? See? Like he oh, out of nowhere he'd be like, "Yo, Cass ain't fucking with me. I'm trying to tell y'all Larry June. Like, all right, all right, all right, Jack. Fine, fine, fine. So. But this from, is how it happened. This is how. This yeah, you, is snuck, exactly you snuck a link into about. the group chat yesterday. I snuck Man, that sneak, link in at like one in the morning. Link. Fam. And, Nobody did. And, and a, and Nobody. A lot, of, a lot of it was for you, see, because probably the best ad-libs in the game right now. Uh-huh. Best Allens in the game. I was cruising around Koreatown and, and just going through the discography, and I'm like, this this dude is on fire. But, Yo, real hey, quick, this is how you, it starts. Real quick, you threw ad-libs out, and I'm, I'm going to transition. I'm going to keep it on topic. But I just want to say I appreciate C. He might not admit it in public, but he admitted to me in private that I was ahead of the curve on something unrelated to music that had to do with ad-libs. But so, since we're talking about athletes right now, and C know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, boy. <laughs> C know what I'm talking about. But one thing that I will acknowledge for me, C was ahead of the curve for me when it came to Jeezy. Because C mm-hmm. had been knocking Jeezy and telling me, yo, Jeezy's dope, this, that, and the third. And at the time, I just wasn't having it. I guess his style wasn't really for me. But his ad-libs were something that that I guess sparked your interest. See, I like, is that how you started rocking with Jeezy? Um, I, I typically started rocking with him from like the mixtape DVD circuits and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So like, I would see him on there and just like, I think I became a fan of like who he was and plus the whole BF, BMF movement that was going on uh-huh. that he was connected to. And I just naturally started to the music, you know what I'm saying? Especially I was into mixtapes heavy back then. Yeah. So then every sure. now and then they throw in a little Jeezy joint in there. Then I'm like, all right, he ain't the most lyrical, but the ad libs is crazy. He got a lot of energy. The beats is fire. And it's a little different because, you know, we from New York. So, like, I'm a true New York kid. I love New York music. And at the time, you know, down south was transitioning to dominating the charts and just the music sound in general. So I think that he was probably one of the first down south artists, I guess, in this new millennium of the 2000s that I really started rocking with. And just from you keep nagging me on it, like I I, I used to do the radio station up in Connecticut, so I have to do overnights. So it would be dead most of the time. 
And you just kept nagging me on Jeezy. Nah, Jeezy dope, Jeezy dope. To the point where, like, when I had the time, I was like, all right, let me check this out. And that motive, that thug motivation, definitely the beats. That one one Yeah, the beats were Classic. something that, because the beats were thumping, it was something that would keep me up overnight after having worked a nine to five, taking a break, heading out to the studio at like 11 at night, having to be at the studio from 12 to six. I could see the, the, the concept of that thug motivation play out mm-hmm. in the music. And that hustle music. Yeah, yeah, hustle music. And that's what I was doing. That's the life I was living. I was getting moms during the day and at night to the point mm-hmm. that, you know, I started checking out more mixtapes. And I think I was more of a Jeezy fan off mixtapes than the albums first. Definitely. Well, he was definitely nagging. She was definitely nagging. I could still see his face. And he was quoting Jeezy all the time. All the time. In Jeezy's voice. In Jeezy's sounding like Jeezy too. So for people that don't really rock, Jeezy has a unique sound and unique swag, everything. So to to not be a fan of his and to hear your boy like quoting him, like it's very, very awkward. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, but it's but it's, it's the package that came with Jeezy. Pause on that. But it's just the overall everything. It's, it was the voice. It's the flow. It's the ad libs. It's the beats. It's the fact that he had the street cred behind him that gave him, you know, that notoriety, that authenticity that came with it. And he just it just at the right time, you know what I'm saying? Like he had the connects also with New York artists. He was rocking with Dipset. He was rocking with Fab. You know what I'm saying? So he was getting co-signed by a lot of New York artists as that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude was dude was definitely... I didn't get it at first. And uh, being... It's weird, too, because I was in, in school in D.C., so I was around a lot of Atlanta cats, and I remember where they had the corporate thug shirts on, promoting, and I, I was like, God, oh, that seems corny. But when I went on to work... Um, at Double XL, the the the, the Drew, like you said, see, was that he was the man before he had a major deal. Like nice. it was a bidding war for him. Like he never had to go commercial. He was a superstar, millionaire, all of that in the streets. Mm-hmm. And um, I never forget, like the kind of the turning point was when I saw you and Pete. You know, um, shout out. On Manic Ave late night, and we were it was one summer, we were all having fun, we were all lit in the back we of Dre's chilling. house, probably. No, nah, it was on the Ave, it was okay. it wasn't even there. We were, I think, we were about to slide in somewhere, just just kicking it, you know. It was like late, like two, and both both of y'all, were, <laughs> both of y'all were quoting Jeezy and doing ad libs, and and I, I started to turn a little bit. I'm like, all right, maybe there's something there. Um, but it wasn't until his second album, like you said, see, like it clicking for the right time and that light bulb going off. Uh, cause I got what was it? What's the second album? The inspiration? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, right. And of course, hanging with you and listening to mixtapes and we riding around. But I was going back and forth. I think I was going to a homecoming or something like that. And um on that 95 South, and it was raining and gray like the whole weekend. And I remember I had my leather on, and that's all I was playing was that album on rotation. And and I was just in the zone. And I was no turning back. From then on, I became a huge fan. 
Yeah, I think I think like I said before, us all be all, us three being New Yorkers, like the way that we digest music a little differently. I mean, we naturally gravitate towards New York music. I mean, as we got older, we start listening, you know, West Coast music, G funk stuff like that, gangster music out there, whatever, whatever. But um, at that t- at first, like a lot of people wasn't really listening to down south music like that. I mean, besides outcast stuff like that. But then the new wave in the early 2000s of these down south artists start taking over with the Yin Yang Twins and T.I. and all these other people, Bone Crush and all this other stuff. And it's like Jeezy is the one, to me, is the one that stood out. And I mean, you got to think about the time Jeezy was coming out, right? Early thousands. And when we're talking about mixtapes in New York, you know, 50, the yeah. diplomats. And I mean, Wayne also, Brandon Chap put me on to, to, to Wayne. I wasn't really rocking with Wayne. Um, yeah, but yeah. I know Chap was listening to a lot of those Wayne mixtapes in the early thousands. Um, so I, for me, for my music taste, like I ain't had no room for Jeezy to listen yeah. to and to really get into it until, like I said, when I had that time doing the overnights, like it, it, it just kind of made sense. Um, <laughs> But I didn't really start rocking with Jeezy, honestly, till what the Trapper Die mixtape. From there, yeah. I was from there, I was hooked. And, and and to double back on his on his um on his trajectory, right? We got to remember he came out in that group. What was that group? The Bad Boy Group. Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood. <laughs> yeah. And, but even from there, like y'all said, the buzz in the background was he was always gonna break off and do his own thing. Anyway, he was his own man. So. When I first saw him with the boys in the hood, I think that also kind of turned me because I wasn't really trying. To, I wasn't digging their music, so it's like, no. so who's who's Jeezy? Why, why do I want a solo album from him? Then he just dropped. Uh, but he uh, had to fire. He had to fire verse on that joint too with the um them boys. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he also he, he also ahead. ended up picking better uh, beats, like his beats from the boys in the hood album that he had to rhyme over to ones that he had on his album. Mm-hmm. I felt was a different vibe. There's yeah. an argument for him to be in the, in in anybody's five straight straight up. I mean, and we like we don't even have to count albums. We could just talk mixtapes. I mean, yeah. like you know, he's not a background artist. Nah. So whether he's with Boys in the Hood or on a Gucci Man song, he stands out. Mm-hmm. Like he's not. He can't fit. You gonna notice him? Yeah. <laughs> like. And it's funny because, see, you mentioned the lyricism. Uh, that was, I think, at least my first aversion to him and his style. And, like, and I sent you out a text uh, be, because he also grew. Like, he actually became more lyrical as time oh, yeah, went for on. Sure. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he, it, he, it didn't even matter. It's like Giannis. It's like Yo, but he can't shoot threes. It's like, fam, <laughs> like Yada's two-time MVP, champion Fathers MVP, dropped the fifty in the end. Like it don't, it doesn't matter. And I dropped that uh, the, uh, the message in the chat that day. Is it's funny how Jeezy flipped the whole thing on his head and made lyricism, and like, like you'll hear <laughs> like bars where he'll say. 
you know, rapping ass niggas with your rapping ass. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, them, them rapping ass niggas is corny with their lyrics. And it's like he flipped the whole, he flipped the whole thing on his head. And I love mm-hmm. him for that. But funny, but 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 funny as it is, and then his he develops as an artist and honestly becomes rather lyrical. He can stand his he can stand on his own bar for bar with a lot of people yeah. that we would say are really strong lyricists. But so speaking of lyricists, let's transition. So for me, you know, chat actually put me on to Kendrick. Mm. I I really honestly didn't know who Kendrick was at the time, and me being what I would I would profess as a, as an aficionado of West Coast hip hop, um, had no clue that that whole TDE movement was even happening over there until what you what what you passed to me, uh, uh, chap? What is it? It was the um. I'm I'm proud I'm proud to say I put both of y'all on. I'm proud to say it. Um, but nah. you, I'm trying to think. Did you did you put me on? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, he was did. he was before I, you, yo. I, I you might have you might have you might have me. I did just on the strength of how y'all clown me every time I bring something to the table. So yeah. I, I, I still got hurt feelings. Like, yeah. you know, but I, so. You was going know. hard for homeboy Sandman, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yo We're not going to do that. We're not going to do all the else. <laughs> that shit was a donut. We're we not going to uh, do all the else. They're, they're else. I bet that's on. Dude, that's the funny part. Yeah, L's on 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 all side. He's gonna, a very gonna, nice guy. This is actually we gonna we gonna focus on the W's. Okay, but, carry on. But I think the thing with with K Dot is that he he started off like not. I don't think fully embracing L.A. I mean, he he is one hundred percent L.A. But remember, he was on the battle scene, and you see like. The old battles with him, and not really. Like there was one battle with like Charles Hamilton, but he had like a like a. I think he had like a Yankee fitted on. Or it was just he hadn't really come into his own. But I think when he started to, because um, the first one was overly dedicated, I believe. That yeah, first that was the one that you sent me. That was the one that like from there I was like, that's dope. Yeah, and because I like the the Michael Jordan track. Yeah. Like, I love that joint with um him and Schoolboy. Like I, I thought at that point I'm like, yo, this dude is a star. Like, I love this song. And then it was the um, the Section Eighty is yeah. what I was trying to put y'all on to. And it wasn't like a total diss, but I think I probably was a little too hype. And y'all were like, eh, it's, it's okay. Like, you in love, and I'm like, yo, this is not even like a mixtape. Like this feels like a album album and this this sounds like a star like this dude knows how to make music Uh and he you know the rest is history i mean dude took off and we we've been waiting the world is desperate for the next album and so he even had a trajectory because you put me on to um the overly dedicated joint and then the next year he drops section 80 and then right after that Good Kid, Mad City is a bona fide classic. So essentially, in a Definitely. three-year span, he drops three really solid, if not classic, pieces of work, and it just made sense from there. It's like, okay, this, 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 this kid is nice, nice. Yeah, this, I, I, this I dude is iconic. On, yeah, I think on my side, 
Um, yeah, Brandon, I believe, did throw me the Kendrick loop for that one, the alley for that one. Well, you know, with me, sometimes it takes me a little while to come around to certain artists, you know? So, um, like, I just remember I heard the one joint he did with um, BJ, the Chicago kid. Yeah. Um, that why I forgot it was it was some L joint. I should have said to that joint before walking to the train station. I know what you're and talking about. I, yeah, and then I remember I did and I listened to um, I was listening to MTV, and the joint where him and um and Dre was on the California the Compton joint. The joint that the last um song yeah song, yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the good kid mm-hmm. bad city. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know what it was. I was just in love with that beat. And then also seeing the full circle of the, I guess, when he was crowned the new king of um, Cali, when he yeah, had that, that concert, and Game, and Dre, and Snoop was all there, and they Corrupt. pretty much crowned him. Yeah, Corrupt was there, and they all pretty much, you know, crowned him the new king. And that's when I was like, all right, maybe I need to be paying attention a little more. You know what I'm saying? What's going on with him? And on I, top of that, you know, Good Kid, Man City was one of my favorite albums of the last 10 years. I think I paused on really liking Kendrick for a second only because I realized he was connected to, who was it, J-Rock? And they was really trying to push J-Rock first, and I wasn't biting on that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. nah, J, J-Rock don't do it for me. But then... Is Kendrick <laughs> the only one that has, like, a, what is it? Is it Nobel Peace Prize or Pulitzer Prize or... It's really like distinguished the the. I damn think the Pulitzer, yeah. I think it's the Pulitzer, the right the the one for writing, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, we he's, can also he's he's, sorry, he's that ahead. guy though, and then on top of that, he did the control verse, wow. on Big Sean joint, which started a whole other wave. Well, yeah, no, I don't think any of us really saw that he was going to be that major of an artist when, 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 when I know when I first heard, you know, OD, I was like, no, nah, this is cool. This is dope. This I could listen to. But I didn't see Good Kid, Mad City coming out, like coming yeah. out the gate the way it did. And then after it did that, then I was like, OK, yeah, no, nah, this is this kid. This kid is serious. But now nah, at the beginning, I could yeah. not foresee him being as big of an artist as he is. But I think it's awesome timing, though, because when you think about it, when he really started bubbling, you also had, like, a J. Cole who had a similar um, career trajectory, right? Some hot hot mixtapes, and those turned into classic or, or, or considered classic albums. Um, Drake as well at that time. I think that I, time was a really good time for music. I think it's similar lanes. Yeah, I think it's similar lanes for all of them dudes, but Kendrick's on a different level. Like, Kendrick, I feel like Kendrick and Drake separate from the pack. Mm -hmm. Like, even, like, so, like, even though Drake had the Lil Wayne, you know, Cash Money co-sign, and, you know, J. Cole has the Rock Nation, Jay-Z co-sign, like, Kendrick and TDE are kind of, like, out Indeed. in their own lane. And it's, yeah. it's a difference between, I think it's different levels for us where it's like like someone being your favorite artist or you really like their music versus somebody becoming the best artist in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. which is, which is wild, which is kind of hard to predict, you know? Yeah. At least from my yeah. perspective, from a fan perspective. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So, I mean, Ken, Kendrick is definitely 
someone that I never seen. That's that's the thing about like learning artists in the early age like stages of their career. Sometimes you just never know what's going to happen. There's a lot of people who I thought was going to be bigger than what they were, and it just never panned out. And then there's always, you know, I don't want to take um, redirect anything, but you know, a perfect example was Fifty. Mm-hmm. Like the way his career started, like yeah. especially him being pigeonholed with Columbia and you know him being shot stuff like that. I really didn't think that his career would have went the way it did. And then all of a sudden, he reinvented himself. He got a crew behind him. He shined with with Eminem and Shady, and now he's who he is right now. So it's hard to tell like who these artists are going to be. Some people you can just see right off the top. Mm. Some just made him a little more polishing. Well, not for nothing. I think I think you make a great point, and I think that's a great segue to what I. So for me, because I'm, I have so many so many memories with you guys. I don't know when I was when we were sitting down, kind of doing pre production. I couldn't really think of okay, who did I put them onto? Because I feel like all my stories link to an experience that I have with you guys. But mm-hmm. I guess I would say for me, Spitter, um, currency. I feel like I might have been a little bit ahead of the curve than you guys in in playing his music more consistently. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying, because he had a long career prior to when I really became interested in him. Right. He was signed to No Limit and was a part of 504 Boys. And then he also had his connections to Cash Money, though he wasn't, you know, legitimately signed to them. He always was with Wayne going back to the mixtape saying, you know, where Chap listened to a lot of Wayne mixtapes. I know Spitter was on those tapes, right? Chap? He was. And so, and exactly, I was going to transition to you with that. Currency was, we're talking about currency. He was on those early tapes. As many know that he was with No Limit. He was with Cash Money. He was like, kind of like, like a prince of New Orleans to some degree, but of course overshadowed by Wayne. But I never really paid him too much mind. Um, he just, you know, he was low key. He was okay. I didn't really. For me, it's about songs or tapes like that. That where artists can stand out. But the funny thing about about Tone, we were talking about offline, was like me and C are more so. We're big personalities, and we're gonna let you know who we rocking with. You know, like yeah. we'll be in your face and be like, "This is, this is the best thing since sliced bread." Like, <laughs> trust me. With tone, like he'll be a little more low key. He'll he'll do the sneaky slides too. He'll slide in, you know, a, a Griselda hair hair there. But like with currency, I feel like tone was probably just bobbing to some degree, and I don't know how I ended up kind of finally catching his wave with that, but. For somebody who I kind of was like, yeah, dude is okay. To turn around to me looking for every mixtape, you know, blogging about it, like, and just being such a huge fan of all his music, like, I definitely kind of credit and, you know, took the baton from Tone because I, I missed the boat early, but I'm I'm glad I finally hopped on. So what happened yeah. with me, what happened with me real quick is... I wasn't even paying attention to do, but then I started doing, you know, the podcast with Frankie and we had to dig for a lot of music because we were doing a music show. So we would just be on SoundCloud because we couldn't, we couldn't use um, 
actual music because we had to go through all the paperwork of trademarks and this, that, and the third. So if it was free up on SoundCloud, we could play it. And Spitter used that avenue heavily. That yep. and, uh, and and um, yo, see what was that? What was that mixtape site? Cast would always um that piff? download that piff. Thanks, thanks, shot. Um, he would have joints on there, and we would just be playing because it was free music. We didn't have to worry about all the red tape behind the scenes. And so we would drop a joint of his here and there just because it went with the vibe. But it wasn't until me and C went to Rock the Bells in, like, 2011, and he had performed. And I saw the love. Not only did I see the love he was getting there, but I was like, oh, that's that joint. Oh, that's Duke. Oh, okay. All right. I know him. And from there, I started going back and listening. And this was at a time when he was dropping one a month, one every other month. So his music was so consistent and there was so much that you could really kind of sink your teeth into. I just became a casual fan just because it was available. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's hard to like, you know, for example, currency. You know, it's it's hard to grow an appreciation for him when he's under Wayne because yeah. you're pretty much getting Wayne's vision of the music that he's creating. Yeah. And it's not until he's separated himself from the pack, yeah, you start to see Currency Spitter's vision on how he wanted music to be. Yeah. And the fact that he's producing music so rapidly and yeah. he's having fun with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he's that's the thing that kind of got to me. You know, I knew who Currency was, but I really wasn't listening to him because I really wasn't into the music he was making when he was with Wayne. So right. when Tone started listening to it, then I started hearing, like, these more laid-back cuts. And, you know what I mean? Like, stuff you want to smoke to and all this other stuff. I'm like, ah, I can vibe with this right here. Yeah. So he definitely created a lane for himself in that regard. And that was an appreciation that I had for him, right? So even kind of really before the music, his story and the the um, the vibe that he was trying to portray or the personality that he was trying to, to, to give off was, I think, the thing that kind of really drew me to his music. And then when you sit down and listen to it, son can rap. Yeah, he's spitting. He's spitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Effortlessly, yeah. effortlessly, and he and he shows up when he has to go on the track with a, at the time a Bronson who was super lyrical at the time or a Wiz and it could be more vibed out and even Wiz, um um spits or another artist that I got into at the same time Crit, you yeah, know yeah. you go back to 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 Kendrick's control verse, I think of the rebuttals you know and I put rebuttals in quotations, Crit's Mount Olympus is phenomenal it wasn't a rebuttal mm -hmm. in regards to your normal diss track rebuttal but he went off because of that fish hook that kendrick sent out there spitter can spit with crit and crit is super lyrical when he wants to so i think you know currency being able to kind of navigate through different styles and different vibes was something that i really appreciated in his music which is why i kind of played it more yeah, and see, and see, you made a great point in terms of, like, the whole vibe that Wayne was trying to put out and be, be under, because I'm not a fan of Lil Wayne's music. Like, I think his mixtapes were successful because everyone wanted to hear what he had to say because he's a, he's a dope lyricist. Like, he would, um, you know, have these punchlines and had these witty bars, 
And that was cool. But in terms of like his albums and I mean, he comes from the cash money machine. I mean, he was bred under Juvie and BG and, and, you know, Baby and all of that and Manny Fresh production. So the fame and the stardom comes with it. But I feel like for the three of us, like the vibe that Currency gives out and the vision and just kind of that swag is what we're more into, what we can kind of relate and kind of checks the boxes for us in terms of just style and mood and just kind of like philosophy because none of us are really into that other, you know, rock star skateboard shit. Like we're not, we're not really rocking with that, but like, and also the output that with currency, his output is so high that if something is not hitting, for example, like a mixtape or a project, we don't sweat. Next it. month, next month he's gonna give you next something. Next month, up. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I could just go back and pick, you know, you know, five or six other projects that I love. So I definitely see. I think you hit the nail on the head. Is that he was kind of under the wing of somebody else who had like a totally different vibe and style. Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up on mixtapes, and my vision of rap looked a certain way. Mm. Like, I like punchlines, and I like the, the, the boom-bat feel, whatever. And then as you got older and everything, starts getting exposed to different things, I started looking at East Coast music. I started looking at West Coast music. You start looking at international music. And then you start looking at more than just lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Like, Besides the lyrics, I think one thing that draws me to Currency is that he has these effortless tracks where he's spitting, but he just got a vibe that he just got a vibe that just goes with it, and it's not bar crazy. Yeah, and it's like he makes a mellow track, and he he, the way his voice is is almost like he's an instrument to the track as well, and you just vibing, you in the whip, and you. You know what I mean? Like you just humming some. It'd be times where he'd be on the track just mumbling shit. Da 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 da. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You should be like, yo, this shit is crazy right here. But I that's also spirit of, that's spirit in New Orleans. And and plus, yeah. I also I lo- also liked his freedom and how he structured his projects. Right. So when you think of mixed, when you just think of of of, of projects, period, you're used to ten, fifteen, and especially at a time where like more was what everybody was doing. You get a mixtape that got like three tracks, easily palatable. You can listen to that in like 10, 15 minutes and move on to something else. And I think him structuring different projects in that way actually kind of changed how I listen to music now, man. If you don't catch me in a short amount of time, bro, I'm moving on to something else. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And he's also one of those artists that even if you don't like a full project of his, you're going to take at least one or two and you can throw in your playlist. Yeah, yeah, there's always something in there. And before you know it, you mean, because what, he dropping at least 10, 10 projects a year, right. probably more. At the time, you know yeah. Yeah, at that time, he definitely was. Before and you know it, you probably something... got 20 joints on your playlist. Right, it's just something very business-minded about it, too. Like, you could see, like, we talked about the hustle with Jeezy, but this cat is really like blowing the doors open off of that because he'll have you like reevaluating your other like favorite artists. Because yes. you'd be like, Yo, where you at? Like currency is dropping music every month or every quarter. And it's been years, 
you know, like yeah. since you know we heard from the other guy. Such and so such. yeah, yeah, he and you know just the branding of Jet Life and the, and the the product and the the projects and the clothing. It's definitely though he is like you know in quotes independent. You could still feel that like business acumen behind um, you know the moves he makes. For sure. Definitely, it's definitely the, the the lifestyle also that goes along with it. You know, what I mean, it's carefree. Yeah. Yo, so this was a real dope episode, man. I, I really am appreciative that number one, we start in the third season, we into season three. This is a journey that started back in uh back in March. Um, now we moving on, and now we had an opportunity to have C on, and hopefully, you know. Bro, you'll be able to come back. I know me and Chap got more ideas for other shows to talk about with you. Um, so hopefully, you know, the door is always open to you, man. If you ever have something you want to uh, talk about or, or, or hop on this microphone about, you know, let us know, man. We would always love to have you. No, nah, I appreciate it. Definitely. You know what I mean? I mean, I know y'all damn near, what, 30 years or so. So, and you know, it's a lot of people you know that do different things, business minded, or they selling something, podcast, music, or whatever. And sometimes you want to be supportive, and you like, all right, whatever, whatever. And they shit might be trash. But one That's thing nice. I can say is that I definitely listen to the Good for You podcast every time an episode drops, and I learn something new from my peoples that I grew up with. You know what I mean? Or I'm laughing, or whatever. I could be at the track running, or. I'm at work listening to it, and, you know, it gets me through. So I definitely appreciate y'all, man. Y'all doing your thing, and I'm definitely looking forward to coming back. Shout out to Cowboys as well. Mm. I, I mm. knew it was coming. Mm. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Mm. And on, another episode, and on another episode, I need to press chap about these uh, – about these summer jam tickets, but we'll save that oh, for another episode man. as well. Thanks for joining mm. us. It's season three. <laughs> Good for you, a podcast. We got much more to come this season. Thanks for rocking with us. And you can always check us out, GFU Pod on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, GFU Pod at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us through email. I'm Tone. I'm Chap. It's our boy C, and uh, we'll holler. Peace. Peace. Peace.